going on? You're listening to the Film Drunk Frogcast, coming at you not live from a Zoom chat. Uh, I'm Vince Mancini. I'm here with the irregular regular. You know him. You love him. He's Mr. Matt Lieb. Yeah, dude. Hell yeah. I was just, uh, you know, I was just thinking about it uh, like a Lum song. <laughs> and, uh, and then I got distracted. And now I don't have one. And I think whatever, dude. We're do we'll go regular. Yeah. I don't think that many people will turn off the frock cast because I didn't start with a song about lumming butts. Yeah, we're a normie podcast now. We don't lum butts yeah. anymore. Um we Hell also yeah. got joining us today from the Round Ball Rock uh podcast, Mr. Sean Keen. Hey, how's it going, guys? Oh, dude, just excellent. Things are just Things are just fucking great right now. You know, nothing nothing going on in the world that's bad. Nothing. No, that's good. Can't think of a single thing. No. Not I, one. <laughs> I'm happy now because I'm a normie, like I said. Everything's chill. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good life, dude. Yeah, right? Norm normie life is like I'm starting to feel it a little bit. I, I just moved in with Francesca. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I we we have an apartment together. Uh, we each have our own separate room. We have a three bedroom. Yeah. Uh, and like, we got a front lawn, you know, it's like, it's just, I, I'm living that normie life and I'm kind of like, hmm, you know what? I'd really like my taxes to be lower. You know, I'm like, huh. that's the life that I've always wanted yeah. to live where, where yeah. I, you know, I, these I see property taxes are out. These property taxes are Oh, they're killing the small business community, you know? <laughs> like that's that, that's the type of person I am now, dude. Yeah. Fuck it. Huh. You know? I I you know what? I really like that Pete Buttigieg guy. We never had a gay president. <laughs> Why don't we try I mean, a gay got, out? I bet the gays could run the country just fine. They're very tidy. They're ve- they would keep it clean. They would keep it proper. They would keep it white. They would gentrify this country. They'd put in some nice paneling. Yeah. You know what? This country could use a little bit more uh, gentrification, a little bit more tiramisu, a little bit more creme brulee, Mm -hmm. track lighting. Ah. Is track lighting still a thing? I don't know. I'm not like up. I don't even know what it is. It's like lights. They go on tracks and it's like a little, uh, it's like you have a little little theater in one of the rooms of your house i i used to think it was uh, a a gay stereotype simply because there's a line in the movie steel magnolias mm. about ah. it. and i was like well olympia dukakis's character does have her finger on the pulse of the gay community so yeah, that's interesting it's I, i've never seen steel magnolias and i didn't know that the stereotype was that gay people love track lighting. It yeah. is great lighting. I, I, you know, I have that's it in. How, that's uh, how I knew. That's how old the bedroom. stereotype was. Was that I knew it, and you didn't because you're like two. In those like two or three years, you're like, you're uh-huh. t- you became too young to know that gays are into track lighting. Yeah, yeah. It, cross, it crossed over into the cis uh, het community, and then right. it wasn't special anymore. Right. Yeah. That's true. That's true. We <laughs> we colonized track lighting. You know, that's yeah. what at least that's what yeah. my mom did. She put track lighting in uh, in my childhood bedroom, and uh, it, it was great because you know it feels like your whole bedroom's a stage. <laughs> yeah, that's a, exactly. Know? Who doesn't? Who doesn't want it. that? But yeah, I got a 
we got my own own my own office now. It's uh it's I've turned it into like the the podcast room. Now you uh, just need a also, job. I have a job, piece of shit. <laughs> I have a job. I work for the state of Cutter making <laughs> communist agit prop for the masses. Well, that's season good. season three coming out uh, in about two weeks. Check out News Broke. That's great. Uh, hey, so, you know, we were going to talk about the prestige today, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, obviously I got a few news nuggets that we got to get to before. Yeah. And uh, we love accents. Everybody knows that their favorite part of the broadcast is when me and Matt uh, scream at each other in Irish accents. And oh, it's fun. Everyone has a good time. No one's ever been offended by our accents no, and or Irish ones. There's some great accent news this week. I don't know if you're up on this story. Uh, oh, no. But this I, is, I don't think I am. This is my favorite story of the week. Uh, this is from Motherboard. Uh, Most of Scottish Wikipedia written by American in mangled English <laughs> is the headline. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to read it because like, there's not a lot of dull moments in this article. Okay, uh, yeah. great. Uh, I'm excited. Scots is an official language of Scotland. An administrator of the Scots Wikipedia page is an American who doesn't speak Scots, but simply tries to write in a Scottish accent. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God bless him. For over six years, one Wikipedia user, a Merrillis Gardener, has written well over 23,000 articles on the Scots Wikipedia and done well over 200,000 edits. The only this problem is, uh, is that Amaryllis Gardner isn't Scottish. They don't speak Scottish, and none of their articles are written in Scots. Since, since, 20, since 2013, this user... This guy's a hero. Yeah, a self-professed Christian INTP furry living somewhere in North Carolina. Uh, INTP? What? what, what? Um, uh, that, that's into intuitive... Uh, oh, it's like your the, uh, Myers-Briggs? Myers-Briggs. Yes, that's it. I've never taken it. I always see that on like people's Tinder profiles and shit, but I never I never knew yeah. what it meant. I always forget, but it's it's uh that's the logician personality. Right. Uh, of course. Because you're introverted, intuitive thinking and prospecting. Mm. Mm. Wow, check out Myers-Briggs over here. Um <laughs> yeah. has, check uh, out Mr. Brig Brig Brain. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Brick you Brain. Yeah. Mr. Uh, Brick Brain. This user has simply written articles that are written in English, riddled with misspellings that mimic a spoken Scottish accent. That's many of the articles were written while they were teenagers. Amaryllis Gardner, Gardner is an admin of the Scots Wikipedia, and Wikipedians now have no idea what to do because their influence over the country's pages has been so vast that their only options seem to be to delete the Scots language version entirely or revert the entire thing back to 2012. Um, this, this ridiculous situation uh, was discovered by a Redditor on R Scotland who happened to check the edit history of one article. Uh, the problem is that this person cannot speak Scots, the Redditor wrote. I don't mean this in a mean spirit or gatekeeping way where they're trying to their best, <laughs> but are making a few mistakes. I mean, they don't seem to have any knowledge of the language at all. The situation is obvious if you click on essentially any article they write, or if you look at Amaryllis Gardner's Scots talk page, which as early as 2016 had users writing that their work barely resembles the actual Scots language. Um, to take To take one example... Uh, oh, sorry. On a page about the movie Million Dollar Baby, Amaryllis Gardner wrote, 
This film is a boot and underappreciated boxing trainer. <laughs> this, sort of, <laughs> this sort of language is repeated across all 23,000 articles they wrote, as well as in the articles they edited. <laughs> <laughs> this is somehow so that inc- one's even better than he's going back and like let me handle this <laughs> i'm a logician everybody yeah the, this guy is uh, this guy is engaged in one of the most thoroughly <laughs> funny trolls i have ever heard of a five I, I mean, years long or no sorry an eight years long troll just just so perfect. I want to hear more more of his writing. Okay. This film is a boot and underappreciated boxing trainer. The mistakes that haunt him fray his past on his quest for atonement by helping an underdog amateur boxer achieve her dream of becoming a professional. It's like not even, it's like kind of irony. I like it. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bitcoin. Peer-to-peer payment system introduced as an open source software in 2009. (laughs) Um. This is incredible. This is basically just the written version of me. Any time I try to do any any accent and I just end up going, Oh, hello, it's me. (laughs) Like, this is incredible. Here's the least uh, convincing part of the article. There is no indication that Amerilis was attempting to do anything wrong, but their work has been damaging nonetheless. On their talk page, they wrote, If I had to do over, I would have kept to more cleanup and just keeping the wiki up and running instead of writing articles, but I meant the best. Oh, Oh my God. Just so fucking genius. I mean, this is... Can we get this guy on the front cast? (laughs) This is is a... The Reddit post goes on to argue that the damage done by Amerilis may be more severe than anyone anticipates. Before all this had even started, there was apparently a poor conception of the Scots language that stemmed directly from the state of its Wikipedia. As a result, quote, this person has possibly done more damage to the Scots language than anyone else in history. (laughs) (laughs) Come on! Not not more than the British. Right. (laughs) Come on! The British definitely did the the most bad to the Scots language. Uh, Jesus Christ. Hollywood. Shrek did more damage for the Scots language. Others are still trying to defend Amaryllis, saying that the articles are simply in non-standard Scots. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that is that is just uh, chef's kiss beautiful. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm so... I mean, wh- how much damage could it really do other than it misinforming some people who, like, you know somehow had a class where they mentioned the existence of the Scots language. I I mean, it's, there's nah. like, if anything, I just now learned that there was a Scots language. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I knew a little bit about it from, uh, from Braveheart. Sorry. I was just reading another page. Um, (laughs) This is, this is another page they linked. Uh, the the entry is for Human Development Index. Uh, okay. The, 
<laughs> even even under the headline where it says like from Wikipedia, it just says Free Wikipedia, the free book <laughs> of knowledge. Like it's spelled. <laughs> uh, yeah. The Human Development Index is a composite statistic or life expectancy, education, and income indices to rank kindreds into four tiers of human development. <laughs> this is, it just sounds, when you're doing it, it sounds Irish, which well, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if that's the intention or like if it is just, or if you're just doing an Irish accent. Like, I'm trying to, what is Scottish? Scottish is when you talk. No, that's not it. Everything uh, sounds uh, hard to get out of your throat. It's uh, like, it's, th- it's like this. Hard. Yeah, talk, I, I, we're Scottish. We're the lowest of the low. That's all I know about mm-hmm. Scotland is from Scotland. It's being Scottish. <laughs> shite being Scottish. Yeah. Easy donkey. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, can Fucking I... <laughs> could I bring up something film related that isn't exactly please. news? Please. Oh, please sure. Do. Today, the trailer dropped for, dropped for uh, the Comey rule. Oh, God. Oh. God. Which is yeah. the Showtime miniseries about James Comey, written and directed uh, by the writer of Richard Jewell. His name is Billy oh, Ray. Perfect. Oh, I didn't even know it was the fucking Richard Jewell guy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm. I'm. I just want to read you a couple of cast members, if that's okay. Oh, please. Not to hi- Sorry, I didn't mean to hijack. No, no, no please, please, please. So James Comey is played by uh, Jeff Daniels. Uh, Great sure. choice. You the, know, uh, from the newsroom, he mm-hmm. loves to lecture. Yeah, his, I hope his he yells favorite, at a white woman. His niche is uh, retroactive centrist lecturing, so this will be yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He's perfect. Yeah, uh, he sees both sides. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, President Donald Trump is played by Brendan Gleeson, um, uh, Irish but, theater heavyweight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably I mean, the lone interesting thing about that whole fucking movie, I think yeah. that is. Um, and then. And then yeah. uh, David Fincher favorite Michael Kelly plays Andrew McCabe, mm. uh, who Holly I don't Hunter. even remember who Andrew McCabe is at this point. Yeah, right. Probably uh, he got fired. Sure, he got yeah. Fired. I and remember he took his pension away. I think he was the FBI guy, right? Uh, yeah, I, I believe he's Comey's successor. Right, right. Oh, right, he's right. the deputy. He was the deputy director. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then Holly Hunter plays Sally Yates. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and then uh, Peter Coyote plays Robert Mueller, which is Peter Coyote. Who the fuck is that? I don't know. It just sounds like a Looney he's Tunes character. In, he's in ET. He's like the bad guy in ET. I think it's his most famous thing. I'm looking um, him up right now. <clears throat> no, not ringing a bell, but he oh, looks good. Yeah, I yeah, I recognize. He that could guy. be Mueller. Yeah, I've seen him and stuff. It's a, I feel like it's a little bit of a weird pick, but also, I don't know, man. Uh, yeah. Oh, his, his real last name is Cohen um, <laughs> uh, or or Cohone, uh, C-O-H-O-N. Uh, so, it's, it's so Cohen. he went with Coyote? He This feels like what happens. Like right now, they're still casting a fictionalized version of like the Tiger King movie where like, uh, yeah. What's her face from Saturday Night Live is gonna play Carol Baskin, and it's like the world has already moved on. Like I, yeah. I don't want to hear oh, the words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to hear the words Carol Baskin again. But someone is yeah. gonna spend like the next eighteen months 
just knee deep in fucking Tiger King stuff, trying to make this movie uh-huh. happen. And by the time it comes Editing out, it and, yeah, yeah, not a single person is gonna give a fuck. And that's exactly what happened with the Comey rule, where it's like, hey, remember when we yeah. thought Comey was gonna maybe do something good? Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. He kind of sucked. Yeah, and yeah. Sucked before and after. Yeah, yeah. That- yeah. Re- remember when he got fired, and we thought like, "Oh, this will definitely be the thing that comes back to haunt uh, Trump for the rest of it." Nope. Yeah, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, yeah we, we remembered that he's actually Ukraine. he's actually a cop uh, who was appointed <laughs> under George W. Bush, who like butt fucked <laughs> Hillary in the ele- election to begin with. Yeah, uh, right. Like, and he's like a weird giant. Like he's like a golem turned to life. <laughs> yeah he's a fucking ent yeah um let me just get to the ones that really stood out to me though um jonathan banks is playing james clapper Uh, i don't even remember james clapper james clapper he's he's all all the it's weird because like like if this had actually come out yeah two years ago people would have been like oh right comey the director of national intelligence and now it's <laughs> yeah. there's this whole new cast of rogues yeah like, we're yeah, already yeah. on season three and these guys have been we've changed locations uh um, yeah jonathan Banks should not play anyone who's like a high level guy. like he's like the uh straight shooter he's the guy who plays mike on uh breaking bad, breaking and, bad yeah and, yeah. Uh, and whatever the other he's one's the bad guy in beverly hills cop yeah like yeah he's, yeah yeah like and and he's playing someone in the government, which is like you know, you know they fucked up. You know their take on the material is bad just by his casting, right, right? Right, exactly. Like like oh, you don't really understand what a person like this does. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> uh, Tr Knight from Grey's Anatomy plays Rance Priebus. Right, the, the RNC. God damn, Rance Priebus. I haven't thought about him. It's crazy because it's like. They're trying to re-traumatize us with shit that we've yeah. moved past, and it's like I don't—I actually don't want to remember any of this time period. You know, the White House Chief of Staff for the first six months of the <laughs> yeah. Trump presidency. Like, oh, James Woods is playing Vince Foster, and you're like, what? I yeah, right. I don't care about that yeah. name anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah. Someone named Kingsley Ben Adir is playing <laughs> Obama. He's in the second season of The OA on Netflix. Oh, sick, sick, sick. And then my favorite one, uh, Jeff Sessions, is being played by Joe Latruglio. What the wow. fuck? That's a From the state. casting coup right there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Jason Bateman as Seth Rich. <laughs> it's just like, after a while, you're just like, this is for specifically for resistance Twitter. And I don't mm-hmm. understand. It just shows that like the power of kind of like the centrist status quo resistance Twitter is like, yeah. it, it's, it's way more powerful than any of these, like, you know, dorky leftist Rose emoji Twitter, because like none of those people include, you know, including myself have jobs. And it's just <laughs> like everyone on resistance Twitter is like, currently working in hollywood already uh-huh. and or has a cousin who's a showrunner oh yeah they're so big like, right, right. in publishing in hollywood like that's where most oh, yeah. of resistance twitter uh lives um yeah, yeah uh so this, is, this is uh this is based on james comey's autobiography by the way sure so it should yeah. be some real juicy stuff in case, uh, should be nice in case we were worried it wouldn't be like self-serving and hey geographic <laughs> enough also apparently showtime was going to release it after the election until uh, the guy who wrote it complained too much. Oh, yeah. He was but, just like, no, this will bring down Sean, Trump. 
even Showtime was like, we're going to burn this one off uh, at Christmas time. <laughs> I'd lo- I mean, I'd I love, love to it. see him give this the same treatment he gave uh, Richard Jewell, which is to blame it all on uh, one chick uh, randomly. On chicks? Yeah. Just blame it on Ivanka. Yeah, that'll be sick. Hell yeah. You know, it's... Uh, I, I, I'm talking shit, but uh, I do watch literally all of those like political thriller, you know, uh, miniseries. Like I watched the Roger Ailes one, you know, so uh-huh. it's like I will watch it. Don't uh-huh. get me wrong. It's not like I'm not going to watch it, but, uh, you know, that doesn't mean I'll game enjoy change. It. You're going to you're going to go out and uh, re-rent game change. Oh, dude, you, you, which yeah. w- was that? Uh, that's Sarah Palin. That's yeah. the Sarah Palin HBO one. I love that one. Ugh. Also, uh, too, too Big to Fail. That's a great one, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's a great one. That's, Showtime's you know, political stuff is so off-brand most of the time, too. Like, yeah, yeah. Like there's the circus. Just off yeah. anyone's brand. Like, not even, like, <laughs> off their own brand. It's just like, yeah. what? It feels, yeah, it feels like kirkland brand hbo shit yes where, yes. Yeah. where you 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 watch it because you're like the cast is like the it's it should be good or not mm-hmm. good but like passable yeah but it's just there's something about it it's just like it's like having a diet coke where you're just like i don't yeah some something's I mean, off with it black monday was kind of legit but I, like before that i remember it was like when house of cards was big and then Showtime came out with uh, House of Lies. And like, oh, yeah. if you thought <laughs> that House of Cards was kind of cheesy, which I did, it had, you know, it had, had its moments, but it kind of, yeah. but like House of Lies, like out the gate was just like Don Cheadle, like snottily uh, explaining things to the camera. And you're like, I don't even <laughs> know what's happening here. Yeah. No, it's just, uh, there's just something about Showtime where they've, they've like dug themselves this really, deep hole of feeling like you're watching um safeway select hbo prestige tv and you're just you you, and it's hard to get past it to the point where like just when i go oh who's putting it out showtime uh you know like (laughs) their brand recognition is trash now but on the same note as uh there being a comey movie uh this week also brought us the news that we're finally getting that West Wing reboot with the original cast that we all. Oh, are you wanted. fucking kidding me? <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? I did not know that that was even an idea that someone thought of outside of the internet. That's real. Yeah, yeah, that's real. I bet Aaron Sorkin never stopped writing West Wing specs. That's true. <laughs> he was just like, "There's gonna be another season." <laughs> All I have to do is win a few more Academy Awards. He has one, right? Probably. Yeah. I think he might have two. Yeah. Yeah. It says it uh, has a twist. So. Uh, the, the, oh, oh. Is it is it that Trump is president? Trump is president. And that and Martin Sheen somehow changes the rules so that he can be president <laughs> again? Because that's a good twist. What, what, what do you want to bet that the twist has something to do with the Russians? <laughs> yeah. I well, there's got to be there's got to be somebody with like three PhDs who knows a lot about foreign policy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, for sure, for sure. And then like maybe like a really clumsy woman would be good. Yeah. What is it? CJ is a Russian spy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I know, know what, one character from I don't know the show. What the twist is. I'm I, I'm through reading about this. It makes me too angry. <laughs> 
I mean, you know, it's uh, it's the reboot we we all ask for. It's funny because it feels like it's going to c- come out just in time for Trump's reelection. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so that we can all, you know, like all of Resistance Twitter might just disband and be like, I'm watching the new West Wing. This is my new universe now. Like, that's going to be their their false universe that they've created. Do you think and if he's reelected, like it's just going to heat it? Like all the, oh, he's probably going to go to jail and get executed tomorrow. I have secret news yes, about that. Yes, that will ne- keep going. That You think that'll just get worse and worse? Yeah, of course it will. If he, honestly, if he is reelected, I expect, I expect at least one mass suicide. Just like, <laughs> like, and I'm talking about, you know, mass suicide, meaning two or more, you know, like, uh-huh. you know, I, I'm saying like, I'm not saying it'll be like, you know, Jonestown, but, it'll you know, it'll be like five or six, you know, yeah. m- middle-aged people listening to NPR, uh, you all know, just, they're just, all just drinking cyanide laced covfefe. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, you know what it is, by the way? Sorry. Oh, they're doing ahead. a staged reading of an episode from season three. So they're filming a performance at some theater in LA. Uh, cool. Oh, of, of I think the twist is that Michelle Obama appears. Oh, good. Oh, what a twist. Or maybe the twist is that it's on stage. I don't know. Oh, okay. So this is, they're not refilming it's the West not Wing. Gonna be, it's not going to be like the West Wing in the Trump universe. Although I wonder if there's going to be some moments when someone's like, what are you doing preserving your emails? And then they all wink to the camera. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Yeah. President Bartlett's putting on too much self-tanner. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a good twist would be that he just goes full, like, mega fascist. And, oh, that- <laughs> uh, and then they invade Iran. And you're just like, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's right. This, this makes more sense. Uh, Still haven't watched well, it. I don't think I can go back and watch it now. I tried. I, I a few years back, I was like, yeah, I want to see what this West Wing is about. You know, it was mm-hmm. like, uh, you mm-hmm. know, I've always really been a big fan of Beauty and the Beast. And uh, <laughs> I remember them talking about a West Wing there. I wonder if this has anything to do with that. And it turned out it was not about a Beauty and the Beast at all. It was about a president. Uh-huh. Uh, and I got maybe six episodes in. And I just remember going like... Uh, how many more this season and seeing that it was, there was still like 28 left or something. <laughs> and I was just like, why would I do this? And then I immediately turned it off and never watched it again. I just can't, cause you go like, like, I don't know how anyone has the time for like nine seasons or something that all have over 25 episodes. It's just like, who's got the time? I don't have the yeah. time for this. This is like, and it's not the Simpsons. It's not like, you know, you th- every episode you throw away the previous one. It's just yeah. like, I got to carry this information with me from episode to episode? Fuck this. No. Yeah. I I started watching uh, Alone on the History Channel because, uh, you know. It's, Which one's Alone? It's where they, like, just toss them out, toss a bunch of people out in the Arctic and they, like, film themselves uh, trying to stay alive for 100 days, like, building shelters oh, this and, is- like. Yeah. It's like a reality show. Throwing knives at uh, bears and stuff. And, okay. Uh, and Sounds sick so far. Yeah. Well, I mean, I got yeah. a six-year, seven-year-old stepson in the house, so I got to like not watch uh, any of the things that I want during dinner. But, uh, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. So 
So like that one's a good compromise. And then uh, like as, when they're promo- promoing the next episode in the latest episode, they're like, and for our three hour season finale, <laughs> and I'm just like, what the fuck are people doing that they need to watch a three hour show <laughs> on the History Channel? Yeah, and- I mean, at the same time, it's like, you know, I can handle. Th- I can. It's uh, to me, it's like it's not about three hours. It's about twenty five. You know, it's like it's. And not like 25 just to get through one season arc? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. No. No. I don't have that time. No. I mean, I I guess I do, but I don't want to. I don't want to have that time. <laughs> I want to do other things. Yeah. I got life to lead. I got video game to play. I got to write an Azure prop. <laughs> I got to have sex with my girlfriend. You know? Mm-hmm. Fuck that. All right. We got one more story before we get into uh, okay. uh, the prestige. So... Uh, I feel like this is the hot new thing that every show is uh, about, and I don't get why. Um, okay. Pete Davidson and O'Shea Jackson Jr. to star in STX's film uh, American Soul, set in the world of aftermarket sneakers. Um, huh. Wow. Following the success I, of Hustlers, which is a weird clause to start this with, STX yeah. Films <laughs> looks to have found a project in the vein of that box office smash, and as, well, I mean, I imagine they also made Hustlers, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. S- Saturday Night Live's Pete Davidson and Straight Outta Compton's O'Shea Jackson Jr. are set to star in American Soul, a high-stakes, high-top dramatic comedy set in the world of aftermarket sneakers, one of the fastest-growing areas of in-demand streetwear. Cool. I mean, in terms of in-demand streetwear, <laughs> uh, I got to say, sneakers are the only ones that I've ever heard of. What are your what are your plots on that that are really high stakes? Uh, you gotta you gotta well, buy these Jordans. Yeah, yeah. The no, rival it, sneaker guys buy the Jordans. You gotta wait in line to get the new shoes, uh, and you gotta if you become enough of a hype beast, then you can find your hype beauty. You oh know? wow! I see hype beauty and the yeah. and the hype yeah, yeah, beast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I uh, yeah. you guys are close. Um, the pick follows two 20-somethings with mountains of college debt who use the fast cash of aftermarket sneaker reselling to achieve their American dream. But when their startup runs out of cash and a shady investor is their only way out, the dream quickly becomes a nightmare. I love when the dream becomes a nightmare, dude. Yeah. It's one of my favorite like wow. elevator pitches. It's like, ooh, dream that's a nightmare. Tell me more. Who do you think is the shady investor? James Woods. Probably. <laughs> Wait, so they're so do you think they're st- <laughs> do you think their startup is just reselling sneakers? It that is like what it. That, that's definitely yeah. an existing business. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> also You don't even need a startup. You just yeah, you, can just, you just do need that. A, you just need a bank loan, I think. Yeah, and like a like a maybe you maybe need, you would get one of those scales and you a don't even, com account. You don't even need to go to a VC. Like you go to a VC and be like, I got this idea. Uh, it's called uh, it's called a store. Yeah. So I, wait. I would like I'd like to start a store, and they're I'm, like, oh, All right, okay, tell me more. I'm gonna ask a really yeah. dumb question here that I don't know if you guys know the answer to, but I I probably don't. But go um, ahead. What is an aftermarket sneaker exactly? Oh, no idea. So, so I, I think I can answer this. So, um, for some reason, uh, the shoe industry like Nike. <clears throat> has 
based a lot of their business on really limited releases. Right, 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 so right, right. It's like you intentionally restrict the supply or yeah. you have like lots of limited edition colorways. So like different colors of the sneakers. And for some reason, they don't just like, it's all based on collectors and this aftermarket thing. There's no point when it's like, why don't we just make a lot of uh, Jordans that people like? Right, because right. Because we would sell millions of these and then people would wear them. But instead, it seems like they're catering to the market of people who put them on shelves and like right. bust them out once or twice. So, the, yeah, that seems to be the way it goes. So, like, um, I my only experience with this is that my friend convinced me to get on a mailing list for the Grateful Dead uh, some kind of Grateful Dead Nike shoes. Yeah. Uh, because they were close enough that I could pick them up in person, which was one of the requirements. I did not win the drawing. Oh. But oh. so, but it's weird because it's this, it basically incentivizes people to like wait in line and immediately flip these shoes online. But I guess yeah. it creates buzz for the shoe company. Yeah, I, I was don't really understand it in business terms. Though. No, that makes I, sense to me. It, it's like uh, you're going to just... Uh, you know, uh, it, it's, it's you're gonna you're gonna make more people interested in whatever's coming out next if you keep limiting the supply and making the shoes have this ridiculously high markup. You know, it's like I mean, as someone who knows a lot about business, um, a million dollars <laughs> a million dollars is not cool. You know, what's cool a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. I feel like at some point in pop culture, we decided that uh, you know like a a clownish fashion victim who b buys like shiny sneakers and is really into rap is like a personality and it's like a it's like an yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like an interesting personality that we should be uh, compelled by and yeah uh, i mean it's it's it, to me it's always kind of been like this uh this this thing where shoes and just in general fashion is always kind of like uh it's it's a status symbol right and i think like when people kind of like shit on um like poor people and like especially poor urban youth whatever for like uh you know, you you spend too much money on shoes and not enough on tuition. You know, uh -huh. yeah. it's it's like it's it's kind of like missing missing the point of uh of why you one would buy those shoes. You know, it's like the 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 status symbol of having you know the brand new shoes to me is worth worth a lot more than the you know, idea of like, uh, saving, say, like if you had money to save, then, you know, you, you're probably saving up for uh, a new car or some shit like that. But the idea that like everyone should be spending their money on like, you know, uh, Netflix subscriptions and shit and not <laughs> spending their money on shoes is kind of like, ah, I don't know. It's like, some people like to to spend their money on shit that that looks good and uh, makes you uh, seem like uh, you know you're a little bit more uh, uh, got a little bit more, more money than other people. Well, you know, actually, I totally understand sneaker collecting. I just don't understand wanting to watch someone else right. collect pretend sneakers. Yeah, yeah like, no, that, that seems, is weird. It That's seems strange. not very high stakes, just fundamentally. 
Yeah, no, it is strange. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like, uh, like collecting anything in general or watching other people. Like, I don't. I mean, I, I don't get Twitch. What if fashion? I but I don't want to watch people instead of gays. And you're yeah. like, okay, sure. But I yeah. mean, I guess I guess the idea is that some rare sneaker is your MacGuffin every episode. Yeah, that's that. But, is, so, so this is a series. This isn't a movie. <laughs> it's a movie. Oh, it is a movie. It's oh. a hustlers esque movie. Here's the thing. What I, do you guys think of Hustlers? I really liked it. I, liked I thought it. Hustlers yeah. was was really well right. done. Hustlers is just one of those movies where I think I came in with low enough expectations <laughs> that um, just a competent movie <laughs> would have like made me go, oh, that's pretty good. But it was actually incredibly entertaining. I didn't love the casting of the whatever the non JLo uh, chick's name was. Constance Wu. Constance Wu. Yeah, she didn't. Oh, sure. She didn't really. I don't know. She didn't read. I thought she was fine. She was fine. She just doesn't. She just didn't seem. She seemed miscast, and especially opposite. Like J-Lo, who owned that part, yeah, was so perfect. That's yeah. a good point, actually. I, I I didn't consider like how miscast that uh, Constance Wu's character was because she is the lead, and uh, she, you never really see the stripping. Yeah, uh, like she she never really impresses on that level where you see her go into like full stripper mode. Yeah, I think they should have just had Cardi B play the part. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of giving her the bit part, just, you know, fucking just give Cardi the full part. She's, you know, she's very, very close to like, I would say within three years, they're going to, she's going to have like a, you know, uh, best supporting actress, like precious movie where yeah. she's just going yeah. to, and, and she is going to murder it. She's going to be so good. She's going to win that Academy Award. Um, and then we get to like watch her like put it in her pussy or something and we're gonna be like god damn it i love her i love her so much wow yeah you really concocted a whole scenario there but i like yeah it. that that went a long that went a long way but I, she <laughs> would totally put it in her pussy like she is that she's just the coolest she's like the coolest chick she's someone who would win an oscar and put it in her pussy and she wouldn't tell you any different. She would. She'd be like, "You think I'm not gonna put some gold in my pussy? Come on." Sure. I'm just saying. All right. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah. Uh, never has there been a more Matt Lieb human being <laughs> than Cardi B. I get it. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it makes sense know, that you're projecting a little. Um, how dare you? Yeah. So, the prestige. Uh, Let's talk about it, dude. Christopher Nolan's best movie. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Prove me wrong. I, I think it's his... I would say it's his third worst movie. Third. You say third worst? Yeah, I would say it's his third worst movie. Third worst movie? Come on. Wait a second. Hold on. What are his movies? Inception. Inception, Insomnia, uh, Interstellar. Those are the three eyes. Uh, okay. And then uh, Batman, Batman. And he's got three Batmans. B- ben. Three Batmans. Yep. He did all three of those Batmans? He did all three of those Batmans. Dude. And then uh he's got uh Following. Yeah, the and old Dunkirk. And Dunkirk, yeah. Yeah. Oh Memento. Obviously. Oh, yeah. oh Memento. Okay. All right. It's his third worst. So you're saying, hold on. So you're saying that Prestige is worse than all three Batman movies? I would say 
it is prestige is not worse than the dark knight rises i have said no dark knight rises is the one i put below it the other two i put above it okay okay yeah i agree with that um it's it's better than insomnia no insomnia is one of his have you watched insomnia lately we should have watched insomnia because that movie is great it's been a minute since i've watched it but i remember thinking like god damn go to sleep (laughs) it's definitely like it's basically uh it's fun to think of it as al pacino's character in heat except like he can't sleep so like he goes yeah yeah, right (laughs) so he's very, very tired all the time yeah. Do you think everybody was on board that that character is supposed to be super coked out? Well, or was that more Pacino driving that narrative? In uh, that oh, movie? in Heat? Yeah, yeah. I forget what the story was, but yeah, that is like one of the all-time great just like not even in the movie chewing scenery uh, performances. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... I need to obviously I need to rewatch Insomnia. What about Dunkirk? You think Dunkirk is better than The Prestige? Yes, I do. Okay, I'll admit I I haven't seen Dunkirk. Um, I tried to watch it, um, but the volume was too low. Yeah, I saw it in a theater, and I can't imagine trying to watch that on my TV screen because, like, I feel like I blame Christopher Nolan partly for the fact that all sound mixes are horribly muffled, incredibly loud and weird. Well, and I mean, when you add Christopher Nolan to Tom Hardy, that yeah. is just a sound nightmare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is a it is like a perfect storm of just muff. Because like, I remember back in the day, like you, you used to try to mix things like away from the frequencies that the dialogue existed on, so that there was kind right of, like, uh-huh. a spot for dialogue, and then you know they also used to do ADR a lot for sound that they couldn't capture right on set. And I, I, right. I think Christopher Nolan just came along and he was like, you know what? Fuck that. I want loud sound effects. I want some dialogue. I want yeah. uh, I want some like some super loud fucking score and they're all going to hog the exact same frequencies and fuck you. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like I, I watch movies with subtitles anyways. I just I just need to have subtitles on. Yeah. Um, not because I necessarily can't hear it, but it's for the shit I don't catch. You know, yeah, I, I almost I, I, can't watch movies without subtitles now. That's like a new thing. Yeah, it just it's just helpful. It's because it, I, I feel like when I'm watching it without subtitles uh, that I might miss something. And it's, I don't know. It's yeah, it's just it's a weird crutch. But well, you like, know what it is? Movies, it's also like because your your family starts yapping and they, oh, and they, and they, yapping. they yap over oh, the your dialogue. Wife? But oh, your wife starts your yapping wife? at you oh. when your goddamn wife is just like, ah, take out the trash. She's like, hey, you know what? I'm trying to watch a, a a CN movie right now. That's Christopher Nolan. <laughs> hey, your goddamn wife starts yapping at you when you're just trying to you're just trying to have a good time with you and your your boys. You know, you got your boys over. I'm watching got- some antique magic here. Yeah, I'm watching some. <laughs> So on paper, I'm watching David Bowie play Tesla. <laughs> yeah. on, on paper, like this movie is fucking incredible because it is about a feud between Victorian magicians uh, yeah, uh-huh. that comes to a head thanks to a mysterious invention by Nikola Tesla, which which yeah. is such a strange element to the film. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I I love this one. I would say it's Me probably. Too. I'm not sure. I don't know how to rank the Batman movies, but I basically like it 
Yeah. As much as pretty much any Christopher yeah, Nolan movie. I, I, I sort I, of enjoyed Inception more, but this one this one made me like it has the early Christopher Nolan uh aesthetic of kind of making you feel sick a lot. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, got, yeah. Like, yeah, that's, he left that a little bit behind. Yeah. Yeah, my, yeah, my it, fiance was like, I f- I'm feeling <laughs> nauseous watching like this handheld camera work. And uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot that he used to do that. But also, I mean, I was like into everything, but then it's very long. And like the last 40 minutes are just endless double crosses. And you're like, I yeah. don't, why are they double crossing each other anymore? And I don't well, care. Because, and I just want to watch because, him do stupid magic. Because well, and, the, and the the time structure of the movie is so crazy. <laughs> oh my yeah. god! Very confusing by the end. And I liked it enough the first time I saw it that I watched it a second time, and I was like, "It all holds together." And then I <laughs> yeah. watched it a third time, and I was kind of like, "We are at this jail a long time." Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like the deal where he's trading the the magic book. Yeah, his daughter, like that part. It's it is also a Christopher Nolan trademark where it's kind of like Stanley Kubrick was always like, we have to overexplain every technical thing in the movie. Christopher Nolan just always has some element in the movie that involves like a negotiation and a double cross, and it never yep is like that crucial. It's not crucial, and it doesn't really work that well. It's like the E plot of the Dark Knight (laughs) is this odd corporate takeover that's oh no maybe that's batman begins is that when he like short sells his own company somehow god i, I, don't, I, don't I know, wish i could tell you i don't there's, remember there's every every batman movie has some insane thing that's happening to wayne industries that we go back to six or seven times and the whole time you're like it's a publicly traded company i don't <laughs> what, do they, what do they make and then like this <laughs> board is there and it's like could Batman maybe delegate that it also, part? Like, it, between- yeah. Also, half yeah. of his double crossed, crosses rest on like some fundamental like misunderstanding of human nature, where you're just like, like yeah. there's a part in I think it's the Dark Knight. Yeah, it's the Dark Knight where like the Joker kills a mob boss and just inherits all of his henchmen, and you're like, yeah, I you're right. You're like, I don't think that's how the mob works. Like, I don't think you can just like kill yeah. a guy and inherit the entire organization without. Well, they want to because if they want to keep working, you know, sure. it just feels like it feels like that entire movie. The Joker had like five guys, and it was like that's enough. Yeah, gonna, if you have just, enough guys and you know the right people to go after, you know, right people to like stab with a pencil, then you could do it, dude. And it's you can see why people want to be loyal to the Joker too, because he spends the whole movie immediately like murdering anyone who is helpful to him at all. Yeah, he murders all his co-conspirators. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. like what are what are we doing in this criminal organization? Yeah, yeah he does How figure is this taking over Gotham. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird because he's he's simultaneously uh, like creating havoc, but also s- stopping crime. Like he's doing all the crime, but he's killing most of the criminals. Like part of me yeah. is like, yeah, kind of let the Joker do his thing until he gets bored and <laughs> yeah, goes like, wait up and then take him out. And but he also just kind of has unlimited resources. There is a plot thing in The Dark Knight that is so crazy that essentially the theory is that. Um, they fake Commissioner Gordon's death for yes. like weeks. Yeah. So that he can be get the Joker after they move Harvey Dent and like blow up part of the city and Batman gets taken out. 
Yeah. And then like, but Gordon's just there waiting, even though that kind of could have been any cop. Right. It didn't have to be Gordon, but it was like it needed to be Gordon. It was cool. It, it was cool. I yeah, enjoyed no, it. it was, but it then was afterwards, great, it was like, oh, like, hell yeah. It was like all these guys are just playing like five dimensional chess in yeah. all these movies. Yeah. Yeah. There's, Where it's there, like, well, of course, the Joker knew he was going to get arrested by reincarnated Commissioner Gordon. That's <laughs> why he blew up that guy in the jail. Yeah. 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 I mean, Christopher Nolan movies in general are like, they're pretty convoluted, uh, uh-huh. and you you kind of just have to. Uh, I mean, it, you you have to suspend disbelief, obviously, for any of the Batman movies, and but it's also just even Memento uh, is. I mean, I, with Memento though, you are you're just so entranced by the like backwards filming of shit that you're just like, this is cool. I mean, I saw yeah. it in high school, and I remember yeah. going like, this is genius. Every movie should be backwards, you know. <laughs> well, I used to all I used to always want every movie to have like a dark, fucked up ending like that. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, like, I, like I think that in like the late '90s, like we really wanted to be like challenged, but like we wanted to be challenged with storytelling techniques, and uh-huh. uh, and nowadays I'm kind of just like. I just want to watch Ted Lasso where everybody's nice. Like it's a bunch of nice people being nice to each other and it's simple and I like it. Yeah. Yeah. But oh man, the yeah, prestige, the-, <laughs> the prestige in general, I thought like, cause I am a big fan of this movie. Um, I love it. I, I like it cause it. it's got magic. I still uh, say the illusionist is the superior 2006 you know, movie. Wow. About I dueling never Victorian magicians. That, that is, it's so weird that those like how did that happen ever? <laughs> I think I think it's the same the, the same group of people that was like we got to make ants cuz they're making a bug's life, you know? It's it's yeah. just like there's a group of people who are out there who are just like secret spies at Hollywood meetings and they're going like we got to make a rip off of this movie before it comes out and uh and it's just never never goes well deep impact you know yeah that was well, a how, about, how about the fact that there's been two Lombada movies in the history of movies <laughs> and they both came out on the exact same day I mean yeah, that I mean, was the day that Lombada was popular and then the next yeah. week it was not so you know Apparently, the superior Lombada movie does not actually conclude with a dance. Oh. It concludes <laughs> with uh, some inner city students winning a math contest. Hey, that's good, too, though. I'd watch I mean, that. I, I'm kind of into that Lombada movie, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, I, I what I liked about the prestige uh, in general was that, like, it it satisfied my um just like deep seated gut belief that electricity does magic Uh and, and it it like, it allowed me to enjoy a movie. Cause here's the thing about magic. All right. The the problem with magic and magicians is that uh, they're, they're not magic, you know, they're not doing real magic. And so every trick is just, is just that it's a trick. Um, and what I like about this movie is it allows me uh, the ability to believe that you can make magic if you get a smart enough scientist to back <laughs> right. your magic plans. Yeah. An Which outlaw, is like, too. Yeah, you need an outlaw scientist who's like Thomas Edison's goons are trying to, you know, they're trying to steal his ideas. And you he's know, like, like, fuck that. Sh- that. I'm going to bilk a magician. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I just, think 
So I love that. I agree with all those points. Uh, like I like most of this movie, and I really think it should be a great movie. But I think the 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 fundamental uh, disconnect for me is the fact that it's all it all builds to this very grand uh, end twist, and you can feel. You can feel Christopher Nolan. Like, I'm pretty sure Christopher Nolan is the Hugh Jackman character because he has to be the guy, like, taking a bow. And uh, uh-huh. it all builds to this end twist, which is somehow both unsatisfying and unbelievable to me. Yeah, I oh, know yeah. for sure. Sh- There's on, a dog barking, though, you know. Yeah, let me pause for just... <laughs> yeah. Kill that dog. Oh, man. No, don't kill the dog. Um, obviously I would never, I'm just saying, I mean, I might, if, if the dog was like, I don't know, trying to like fuck my wife or something. Yeah. 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 I'll probably kill that dog. You have to protect your family. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, especially against dogs because dogs are vicious. I think think the dog calmed down. So Vince, you were saying about the ending of the movie. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So the ending to me, I mean, having seen it once, maybe it's cheating, but like, Damn it. <laughs> Your dog hates my prestige takes. It's awful. Oh, right. that was very God. funny. That was very funny. That was just yeah. perfect, perfect timing. I'm <laughs> so like, glad no, you didn't kill the dog. No, I mean, like, uh. he has an engineer who, like, has uh, no name, or uh, sorry, Anjinwe, or how the fuck do you say it? Um, I don't know. It's, uh, Chris, Christian Bale has a second who uh, is clearly someone in disguise the entire movie. Uh huh. Right, right, right. They never speak. They're always obstructed. Yeah, and uh, you know, so you kind of figure that he was going to be somebody, and then, and then, like the twist is like, oh, there was a double, and you're like, okay, like cool. Yeah, the, the, I got to say, the weirdest thing about this movie is that you. Uh, is there anyone who didn't know that Fallon was... It seems like he expected the double to be more surprising than the fact that Nikola Tesla invented a machine that could clone humans. Yeah, that's exactly right. Which, right. Is, which is like end of act two, yeah. middle of act two, yeah. that happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like, it, it very strange. They just made a bunch of hats out of one hat? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I have I, this, yeah. I, but I really con- though, are are we? Uh, I, I it was one of those things where I was like, listen, I know that I do spend probably too much time in a movie like like this trying to guess the ending, but like, is there anyone who didn't know that this was fucking uh, Christian Bale in a fat suit? Everyone yeah. knew that, right? Now why does he have ten fake mustaches? Why does he need so much fake facial hair? I mean, it just, it was just, I, I, it blew my mind. Like, like the only I think thing they could have spent a little more time on the fact that, uh, every time that Hugh Jackman's character performs that trick, he's committing suicide. Uh, no, I thought and- that was, that I thought was a good ending. I thought that was genius. I thought that's what sure, saved the movie like, for me. I was like, that is so that. creepy. Like that seems, that seems more interesting than, uh, you know, Christian Bale has a twin the whole time. Um, and then, well, yeah, no, obviously, but the movie ends with you see a bunch of like dead Hugh Jackmans in a tub. Sure, and and like I thought that was I thought that was good. I thought that yeah. was like a, a really creepy you know ending, even though it's like it kind of requires you believing in magic in order for you to. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, it's just um, I don't know, man. <laughs> like the the Fallon thing is what really that's because I'm thinking to myself if I know this. Certainly, Hugh Jackman knows this. <laughs> yeah. Like and Hugh Jackman, fucking, 
Yeah, Michael Caine told him that like straight out a bunch of times. He's like, "Nah, my it's no, a yeah. double." Yeah, it's a double, and it's like it's like no, it's not. It can't be, and it's like yeah, no, it's the guy who looks like him, but within a fat suit. It's Fallon. <laughs> Everyone, got, you. I will fa- say I got completely tricked the first time I saw it, and then afterwards <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, why wouldn't I? I'm like I'm not the most observant movie watcher. I think mm-hmm. with those kind of things. I don't know. Well, every other character was I, like, I mean, well, this is a famous yeah, person. And then there's that yeah, one yeah. guy, and you're like, who's that like guy? Someone, apparently, they wrote the dark, they figured out the dark night during lunches of this movie. Uh, with really? just like Christian Bale. But the way they describe it seems so mean to Hugh Jackman. <laughs> really? Because it was like Christian Bale, Christopher Nolan, Jonathan Nolan, and Michael Caine would sit down at lunch and they'd talk Batman. <laughs> and like Hugh Jackman would just be like, tap dancing in his trailer or yeah. something like that he's just like oh that's ups. fine I, i'm already wolverines that's cool too yeah, it's, uh, you guys okay it's a different universe i get it you don't want to cause them i sure uh, want. i made cupcakes today yeah. oh you're like, doing sorry batman? we we got to figure out this how would batman get this chinese accountant okay <laughs> i mean i have a lot of good ideas but that's fine i'll be in my trailer <laughs> They I mean, per- I got, I've done superhero movies, but no, it's fine. It's fine. You guys, tell me when you're done. Okay. I'm going to read this script for The Greatest Showman. Uh, like, how is Michael, how does Michael Caine have a vote? Yeah, <laughs> He's yeah. the butler. He's oh. just like, he spent every lunch working out that monologue about war crimes and diamonds the size of a tangerine. Does he just put, yeah, he yeah. put Michael I mean, Caine in great. all of his movies, didn't he? Like, Michael, yeah, basically. Yeah. He's in Inception just like as a bonus. Like, yeah, I think he just he's, likes him. He's or, in, or he's the secret genius behind all these things. In Interstellar, I mean, he like explains like black holes and stuff at one yeah. point. Like, he he's always just there to be like, you know, how this plot actually works. Here the we way out. this plot works, I'm going to tell you the whole plot of this movie. I wish I could do a perfect accent. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Marco Kai. You know, I just, Marco I can't Kai. do it. Yes. You, oh, that's you good. Can't go, you can't go back home. You, you're a wanted criminal unless yeah. you incept yourself an alibi. You, See? You, you gotta go inside a dream. I can't do it. Can't. <laughs> Sometimes dreams are better left undreamt. Does he say that? <laughs> yeah. I gotta say, we got to save the future from this tenant. I don't know what that movie's about. I don't really know what that movie's about. In this oh, life, what? one has got to be careful of what one dreams for. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> if there's one thing that you should remember, it's that John G. raped and murdered your wife. <laughs> you, got to, you got to remember Sammy Jenkins. <laughs> that's great. Thank you. Uh, Al Pacino needs to go to sleep. I really should rewatch that movie. Because <laughs> I, I, I remember him okay. trying to solve a Robin uh-huh. Williams crime. No, so... <laughs> Yeah, so Robin Williams it plays an author who uh, murdered a local girl, and yeah. Al Pacino shows up, but he's also under investigation by internal affairs of his own sure. department, uh, and it turns out he's actually cut some corners, and then when they're chasing after Michael Caine early in the movie, uh, he thinks he sees... Sorry, did I say Michael Caine? He's chasing after Robin Williams early in the movie, and he thinks yeah. he sees Robin Williams in the fog, and he shoots him, but it turns out it's his partner, and he actually accidentally kills his partner that is supposed to testify against him, 
And then the reason mm-hmm. he can't sleep is partly because it's bright, but partly he feels guilty because he doesn't know if he killed the partner on purpose. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. I I remember about the partner thing. Yeah. It was Isn't just Hillary like... Hillary Swank in it? Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. Hillary Swank fucking owns, man. I, She's really good. Yeah. She's really good in I, a lot of things, but especially that. Yeah, she is good. She's a good actress. You know, I I tried watching Million Dollar Baby again, and that wasn't good. No, especially well, it's weird because that's, that's I thought a, it was. That's, well, that's a weird movie where like it's good for the whole movie, and then the ending like made me so infuriated that it was like, why? Like they cut. <laughs> Oh yeah, they cut ten corners to make the most depressing ending ever, and you're like, I don't understand why. Like none of this ending not only doesn't make sense, it also makes me sad. So I don't really get it. And And it's like about something the movie's not about. (laughs) Yeah, my mom described it as uh, Irish. (laughs) Yeah, my my mom is like, that's not wrong. Yeah, she's like, if you've ever read, want you to have a happy ending. Jesus doesn't like when you're happy at the end of your life. That means you've sinned. (laughs) <laughs> like my, my mom has a thing where and i i guess i haven't seen enough irish plays or read enough irish literature but she's like the the part where uh everything uh is normal um and then ends the saddest way possible and everyone dies like that's just how irish things go and i was just <laughs> like why like uh, you mean like the whole culture like the whole country is just like Oh yeah, a sad ending. We're a sad ending country. I guess so. I don't know. If you're Irish and you listen to this show, first of all, oh, we apologize for all the accents. <laughs> but second of all, let us know if that is a specifically Irish thing. Jesus only wants you to listen to, end... to podcasts that make fun of your accent. <laughs> Jesus doesn't like it when you listen to accents that aren't funny. I don't know, sir. <laughs> oh. uh, but like, it's just. If that's an Irish thing, please let us know, because I, uh-huh. I, I, that's just something my mom says, and my mom, is, you know, she's Irish, uh, or you know, she's an American Irish person, um, but like, uh, so she has this feeling that that's just an Irish thing. I let would say know. that there are a lot of like traditional Irish folk songs where sure. the last verse is always like, "And they hung them in the morning, they hung them in the morning, <laughs> yeah. against the British, and the Spanish never showed up." You know? <laughs> Yeah, that does sound right. I mean, uh, so maybe it's just it's just how they uh that's how they cope with tragedy is just yeah. like we're yeah, rather than escapism, we're just going to face every tragic thing every time we step in a theater. We like, live in an, we live on an island and nothing grows here. Nothing grows on the thing island. Like Mike is whiskey. The only I thing that grows is death, death and Jesus and pedophilia is the only thing that grows here. They sprout pedophiles like mushrooms. All right. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Um, so the prestige. Yeah. No, so, I mean, the prestige is, to me, a, a good Christopher Nolan movie because it's like, I don't know if it's good. You know what it is? It's Christopher Nolan's signs. Uh, you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Like for me, it's like, uh, it's not the most memorable Christopher Nolan movie, but you rewatch it and you go like, yeah, I don't know why this one wasn't a bigger hit. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's good. It's solid. I don't know. It's so I, I mean, I do love, uh, the transported man trick though. Yeah. It's, it's really a good elegant. trick, but it's also okay. I can't imagine what the whole show is. You know what I yeah. mean? Like every time you see these productions, it's like, does he have like a like an opener 
Yeah. <laughs> Juggler. <laughs> well, the guy says transported man is awesome, but it it's five seconds long. The guy's like, "Oh, you're gonna make me hire a comedian," and I hate comedians. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite lines. You it know, does, I, yeah. I hate comedians. <laughs> it does seem like Bale is like a magician's magician. Yeah, sure. He's <laughs> like the st- he's like the Stanhope of the magic. World, yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. He's he's David Tell. Like, he's kind of dirty. Yeah, he just like. <laughs> So that's a mess up other people's trades. They're not pure enough. And all the comedians in the back are like, that guy's the best. He's he's yeah. filthy and mm-hmm. his assistant is yeah. like a feral animal. Um, <laughs> yeah. but and then the audience is like they're a good team. And the audience is like, Why does this guy hate me? I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Give me Count Gabriel Iglesias. Uh-huh. <laughs> What if it turned out that Gabriel Iglesias, like that Chinese magician, was just pretending to be fat this whole time? Yeah, just takes <laughs> he off just his fat all, He had all the material. Yeah. yeah. But he, and he's just, he lives it all the time. He's actually like, all, mm-hmm. he's just like a very slender man. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, used yeah. to, he used to write for Louis Anderson, and then uh, yeah. Louis went into drama, and he's like, well, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm taking this act, yeah. but I got to live it 24-7, just like... <laughs> Just like Fallon and whatever the real magician's name is. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember. I like the great the- Danton. Wait, wait, no. The great Danton was, was uh, Hugh, Jackman. Hugh Jackman. I like the fact that, uh, you know, whatever his name, Darth Alfred, I forget what his, what was his comedian's name? <laughs> comedian you mean magician yeah sorry what was uh christian bale's magician name i don't, I don't know that's it, it, he had a fake was... mustache which was great because i found we found out that uh even back then if ma- if magicians didn't have mustaches uh it was bullshit but uh he yeah. his name is borden alfred borden alfred borden God, so i don't he, even remember that he lived half a life uh and pushed away everyone that was close to him in order to be better at m- magic but he couldn't yeah. muster a stage presence all that time. He's like, <laughs> dude, that's true though. Oh, you the- like magic, eh? Or oh, here's a trick. Or uh, yeah. I-, I talk with Tom Hardy as my diction coach for this one. Well, here <laughs> yeah. we go. Oh, here's, here's the magic. You better fucking appreciate it. Or right. it's me. Yeah. Hey, hey, you want to eat some magic? Hey, hey, go fuck yourself, yeah? Uh, yeah. Hey, this side of the room is thinking, I want to titty fuck me wife. And this side of the room is thinking, I want to read me some Agatha Christie, yeah? Uh, hey, I don't come to your magic shows to knock the cock out of your mouth. Um, I love Hugh Jackman's American yeah, accent stop. in this movie, too. He's got a great American accent. It sounds right. What, you don't think it sounds right? No, it's great. I really enjoy it. Oh, and okay. also, it's supposed to be like a weird theatrical accent of a guy who lives in England, but he's American. Right. Oh, yeah. So, like, name. interesting backstory on this is that, like, Christopher Nolan uh, is extremely English, and he has a brother right. who he co-wrote this with named Jonathan, who has a completely like chicago accent it's true he has a weird american no, brother full-on uh-huh. american like because i guess they yeah. they were like you know by whatever the fuck by coastal is when you by pondle yeah. i don't know by pondle uh, sure yeah so and uh i guess the story is that jonathan like deliberately lost his english accent on purpose when he went to college here but uh it's very jarring to listen to christian bale or to, sorry to listen to Christopher Nolan talk and then listen to Jonathan Nolan talk. 
I can't imagine wanting to lose your British accent when you go to America. Yeah, that especially seems like the in college. It's like thing ever. Right, right. Yeah, it's just <laughs> like, like your, you know, your greatest advantage. Like it's, it's like having like a, a superpower. Yeah, exactly. You're like a fucking. You X-Men sound here. smart saying anything, dude. It's just everything you say. Oh, 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 oh okay. well, not that one, but there's <laughs> the, the, the smart accent, the the proper posh British accents. Like, and and that's the one that like. It's not like fucking Christopher Nolan is Cockney or some shit. He's not like some, it like fucking East Londoner fucking there. weirdo. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 he sounds good. I I just don't understand why his brother would purposefully lose it. It's like unless he is just someone who's like I fucked way too much in high school. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I would like I to need fuck a less. Break. I need I'm, a break from all this pussy. And I so, want to wear a set every day and my sets aren't going to have chairs. Yeah. But wait, what don't you like about this movie, Vince? It's the focus on the double cross, like all the double, like the last 30 minutes is just nonstop double crossing. And yeah, that's uh, true. like they could have been exploring what it means to kill yourself on stage every night. Uh, or <laughs> the idea that, uh, you know that idea and and Christian Bale's thing, like they're both are making these huge sacrifices at the uh, at, at the foot of magic, and I wanted to hear like a little more about that, a little more about like like what it meant to them, like why they were insanely yeah, competitive just about magic. like have a little fun with the plot instead. Like I think that's Chris uh, Christopher Nolan's like biggest drawback is that. Rather, like, he creates these things that are fun, like these worlds that are super uh-huh. enjoyable, but instead of, like, exploring their possibilities, he's, like, too busy trying to, like, confuse you. <laughs> like, he, he creates this world, and then he wants to play, like, three-card Monty in it. And you're like, I don't really need to do that. Like, just the yeah, environment that he's created is, for us is exciting. You already have two identical twins switching places and a guy cloning himself. We don't necessarily <laughs> need the de- the narrative device to be the reading of a prison diary yeah. where we're flashing forward and back in time also. And, I mean, his his big signature is that, like, there's no breaks in the movies. You right. Know? Like, like, there's always, there's no, like, downtime. It's rushing forward. But also, at the same time, it's like, it was it was pretty complicated already. Yeah, that's I mean, it's just you that don't a, lot, need, a lot was already happening. In you this don't one. need a double cross in a movie that has doubles characters. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like right. it's like that's too many. That's like quadruple. That might even be like whatever, like an octuple cross. And I don't, I can't abide that. And I, I feel you that it's like there's there's levels of too many players are playing five dimensional chess right, right. to the, to the point where you're just like, uh, one of you has got to be stupid. Yeah. Plus that doesn't like when, how often does that happen in life? I like, that's why I enjoy Richard Linklater because all of his plots are built around everybody being extremely dumb. And like yeah, that, yeah. Like his plots are all like, everybody's dumb and bad at what they do. And that like seems much more true to life yeah. than Christopher Nolan. And like at the end of it, Christian Bale gets hung for murdering this guy who isn't dead, and his last right. words are abracadabra, even though he actually died. Like, his abracadabra was that, like, yeah, I have a brother who's still alive. Like, what? Like, how is that? How is it right. ab- abracadabra if you kill yourself? Well, These no, magicians but, don't care about their own lives. Like, as long as the trick works. Yeah. yeah. 
to me though the, it was for the same reason but the same thing was happening with hugh jackman which i thought was good was that like well one person is killing himself because then their trick is that they're quote not dead because they have a double um the other one is you know just is doing elect electricity magic and killing himself as well for the multiple doubles that come out every every night from the machine i just like i i thought that was good i thought it was good the only thing that i thought was kind of strange was like if you got the double machine like um just like make money yeah. from that yeah. right right like yeah. like is that the best use of a cloning machine yeah like yeah. like you can make money uh like uh, the, like that's like the best counterfeit you can get if you can make a hat you can make a dollar you know so i would have like, i'd have done that i wasn't sure like like didn't it seem like you know dropping them into that tank? Couldn't you have an exit? Like, yeah. What yeah. if they just like went and no lived one... on like an island somewhere with all their cloned like money? You go hang out with Tesla's cats, you know? Like, right. And also, it did very much seem like the biggest problem was because he got himself a double at one point, who was like a, the drunk, the drunk oh, yeah, Hugh yeah. Jackman. <laughs> and I was like, actually, this works really well. Just. um you know, just keep, keep him sober. Like keep him sober. Like work with the guy. Be like, hey, I'll give, give you money. All you have to do is stay sober. Uh, like, I mean, I guess if you have the magic electricity cloning box, you're gonna use it. Um, but still, you know, I would also, I would also say, look, I know this hurts the reality of the <laughs> tricks, but Fallon, Fallon and Alfred are never like just together in a spot like right they could just change back and you know like make love to the correct wife like is that <laughs> is that like ruining the integrity of magic <laughs> what was weird to me was that like fallon uh i forget which one it was like one of the the bale twins was in love with uh what's her name uh scarlett, scarlett johansson. johansson well the other yes. one was wasn't and i'm just excellent english <laughs> Oh, who's got a perfect English accent. I got to say, yeah, that is one of the things about Scarlett Johansson. I think that has always rubbed me the wrong way with her in any movie, which has been like, it doesn't matter how good you think she was in Jojo Rabbit. Have you seen her in The Prestige? She can't hold an accent. Like she no. can't, she's worse than me. Well, that's yeah. not true, but she's bad. And anyways, but like, uh, what was weird to me was how much the plot hinged on the fact that one of the Christian Bales didn't want to fuck Scarlett yeah. Johansson. <laughs> yeah. I was like, come yeah. on. Yeah, one of them yeah. only wanted to fuck Rebecca Hall and the other one only wanted to fuck Scarlett Johansson as if yeah. you couldn't possibly find both of those women attractive. I mean, I also wonder, like, is this just maybe somebody who wasn't brave enough to bring up the idea of polygamy in a relationship? Yeah. Seriously. Well, that's the thing about, like, I'd yeah. rather have my wife commit suicide yeah. And be hung for murder. Yeah. Then have like a frank adult conversation about, you know, you really, feelings about really, monogamy. All, all you, Christopher you have Nolan's to love movies. magic. And you have to love magic and you have to really, really respect the awe that you get from six year olds. Go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah. Christopher Nolan, all of his movies, 
seem to betray like a fundamental, like they seem to betray like an alien's grasp of uh, like <laughs> sex and relationships. They're always like, uh-huh. and like humor the same way where, yeah, yeah. like if he wants <laughs> jokes, he's like, eh, Nikki Cat's just going to have to improvise some things in this car. <laughs> yeah. uh, Thomas Lennon's going to be the doctor. Like he wrote a book about being funny. That, that's, that's like Christopher Nolan's lane. Yeah. It's uh, it's 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 very odd. It's always like, it's like a you know, his, his grasp of love and monogamy is always like whatever suits his crazy storyline at the time. And you're like, okay, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, in general, though, a movie about magic, you know, I'll take it. I'll take it. I still haven't seen The Illusionist, well, though. It was, there was three movies about magic that year. There was that one, three. The Illusionist, and Scoop. And uh, I don't know. I haven't Scoop. seen The Illusionist since it came out, but I do remember enjoying The Illusionist a so lot. So Scarlett Johansson is in two magician movies in one year. Oh, yeah. Is, Sco- is Scoop a magician movie? Uh, I think so. I never, I, you know, I never saw it. That was, a, was that Woody Allen? Am I crazy? Yeah, I think so. <coughs> Oh, it is Woody Allen, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sick. Our sick, finest bro. auteur. Uh, oh, yeah, dude. I mean, if anyone... No one has made more solid B-plus movies than <laughs> Woody Allen, you know? He's just a, a B-plus man. Um, what, what, what do you say, Vince? Do we got any emails? Along with The Illusionist and Scoop, The Prestige was one of three films released in 2006 to explore the world of stage magicians. 2006 was just a year where we were just like mired in the Iraq war and the American people just wanted movies about magic. Yeah. Um, Hey, uh, sorry, emails. Hey, what's up, guys? I consider myself a Christopher Nolan fan and like almost all of his movies, but feel that his tendency is to be very sterile. He takes on so many big topics like space, time, dreams, etc. And I wish he would have more fun with it. If you were president Mm -hmm. of Hollywood, is there any director you think would do better versions of his movies or am I just a hater? Oh, that's interesting. It, there is something kind of relatively sterile about the way he does movies. It's almost like that's part of the contrast that is kind of enjoyable about them is that he takes uh-huh. a concept like, you know, traveling through, you know, space and time and um, and he makes it not uh, he makes them into like uh thrillers i i don't know i don't know the way to put it but sterile is a good way of describing it um i would say that you know who i'd love to see directing all this is um just the fucking the same guy who did uh what do you call it um that the new shia labeouf movie what's his name oh david ayer David oh. Ayer, dude. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I feel like <laughs> I feel is, like is it the would, prestige be, of everyone's a cholo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It says, hey man, I'm about to do some magic with Tesla. All right, I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna do a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I would have liked to see Hey, it's my Steven. cousin Fallon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no, no. Uh I would I would have liked to see Steven Soderbergh's version of The Dark Knight Rises. Mm. Cuz it would have been like 45 minutes quicker. Yeah. Um, would... And I think just there would have been more uh like heist elements to get a yeah. nuclear bomb. Like it would have been a little more fun. Yeah. Not would... as much like weird occupy Wall Street terrorism. Yeah, it would be yeah. like a screwball fun plot instead of like extremely dramatic. 
I'm gonna yeah, say but, uh, I would like to see the Prestige as directed by like Harmony Corinne, where like most mm-hmm. of it is just like close-ups of uh, Bale fucking one of the uh, t- one of his two assistants. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, yeah that would have been a lot of that. Uh, and and they would have been like fifteen year old assistants, which probably would have been historically accurate, actually, yeah. of the time. To me, I would what I would not like to see is I don't want to replace the director of Christopher Nolan movies. I want to replace Hans Zimmer. Yeah, I'd love oh, to see. Yeah, yeah I'd love to be... see Inception with like uh, fucking Alan Silvestri score, or uh-huh. like uh, or fucking um, I want to see Memento with uh, Andre Desplat. Just okay. kind of doing like twee music under it, uh-huh. uh, you know, shit like that. I mean, I want to see, I want to see a fucking, uh, honestly, and this is real, uh, any of those Batman movies, but keep uh, fucking Danny Elfman. Like yeah. the Danny Elfman score of Batman movies was the only thing that kept me watching Batman movies. Like back in the day, like the the fucking Joel Schumacher version, the fucking like, you know, it, it was just uh, I don't know who did the fourth one, uh, but like they just kept changing directors. But they're like, oh, we're keeping the Daniel oh, uh, Schumacher does three and four. Oh, he does both. Uh, yeah, he does yeah. both the real, real bad ones. But it's like, you know, I would have loved less Zimmer. And because yeah. I'm, I'm personally not, not quite so loud with Zimmer. Zimmer. Yeah, yeah, it's like it, a chill Zimmer, you know? <laughs> yeah. What about like Johnny Greenwood's Insomnia Oh, score? dude, yes. Yes. I would fucking love it. it, it there's like, first of all, everyone uh, in Hollywood should be uh, tapping, you know, Johnny Greenwood to do their scores. That dude rules. Uh, but like, yeah, no, I, it just, the, the Zimmer, the problem is that he's wedded himself to Zimmer. And... That's a that's a, a problem with this movies because it's like it's that extra element of like I can't hear this. Yeah, and it makes I it can't so, hear this. It makes an already very serious thing more serious or too. Right, exactly. We don't need another serious thing. Like, let's have fun. Let's you know, let's fucking watch Interstellar directed by Chris Columbus and <laughs> score by you know fucking uh, you know Howard Shore like just, you know let's... just Tony Scott just have it be like real yeah. like down down the road. I... Sean, well, we can't hear Sean, you. Sean, your mic's off. Sorry, Tony Scott's Interstellar would be incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would. I'd watch it. Um, and then his second part of that question. Uh, also, big round ball rock fan. So, question for Sean. Oh. Uh, what okay. current NBA players are most likely to have a ma- magician duel to the death? All of the prestige, uh, eat the beans. Oh, you know, we actually we actually know this one. Um, <laughs> Paul Paul Millsap of uh, the Denver Nuggets was learning close up magic during quarantine, so he <laughs> he would be one of them because he's the most like openly magic attuned guy. Sure, but I also feel like. Um, I, there's not really any foundation for this, but um, I think that um, Paul Millsap would obviously be the Alfred Borden character and the more aristocratic magician, I think would be um, Kyle Corver. Because <laughs> oh, sure. I yeah. feel he yeah, yeah. came from his father was like some kind of pr- 
denominational preacher. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of free time because he's like he doesn't play that much, but he shoots threes. Spent a lot of time by himself. Probably avoided premarital sex for a while. Yeah, uh, like just has a, like a lot of magician instincts. De- definitely, there's something like getting really good at shooting threes and getting really good at magic is like the same part of the brain. Yeah, like you, know you gotta I mean? be alone. You gotta repeat the same motions yeah. all the time. Yeah, you've gotta uh, really. It's like you're you're getting good at one thing that you really gotta go all in on because there's yeah. no middle ground for you know. There's no middle ground magician career. There's no middle ground bas- basketball career. It's kind of a binary in terms of career success. The problem is that both those guys seem like they're like pretty nice guys, so it'd be oh, hard sure. to get to this level of like bloodlust for it. So sure. ideally, you'd have like like Rajon Rondo would take up magic. And then oh, that yeah, would be, yeah, that yeah, would be yeah, an yeah. appropriate villain. Yeah, yeah, be, yeah, yeah. Or like, uh, you know, Rajon Rondo and maybe Patrick Beverly. I, I was of, seeing of uh, yeah. Westbrook. Uh, if you go Westbrook v. Rondo in a magic on magic fight, um, you know, I think. Well, for sure, Rajon Rondo would kill himself multiple times just to win the magic fight. Oh, absolutely. And as long as he'd be like, that counts as an assist to this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every time he drowns, he goes, it's an assist to my yeah. clone. <laughs> oh, that's good. Vince, do we get any more uh, oh, questions? Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, this one's more of a comment than a... Uh, Dude, you know. I love comments. I yeah. love them more than questions. Hey, I'm watching a William Shatner show, Weird or What?, and there's a guy called Todd who got attacked by a great white shark and rescued by dolphins. Was he mentioned on the fraught recently? Ain't no pussy like shark pussy. Um, yeah. I don't, it's funny when people email you about your podcast to tell you things you said, and you're like, I don't remember saying that. Don't remember how and it they, came up. I, that he sounds, cited his sources too. It sounds like something Joey Avery said. <laughs> ain't no, ain't no pussy like shark pussy. Sounds like something he said, but sure I don't know. Not. I don't know. Oh, and there's a follow up. Oh, it turns out the dolphins were probably sexually frustrated. The show cited a case of a fatal gang rape of a porpoise by a pod of Randy dolphins. Damn, dude. So Randy dolphins is actually my porn name. Too, so that's. <laughs> makes sense oh fantastic fantastic do we get any voicemails Uh, we got a couple um yeah 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 unscreened 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 here we go what's up frostman it's the guy who's really happy his work isn't skewered by everyone on twitter i was just uh having a question for vince wanting to see how it was getting taken down by the hashtag actually autistic community. Uh, hope all is well and you are recovering, sir. Uh, God bless. Um, what, was, what happened? Uh, I wrote about, um, I wrote about, uh, the love on the spectrum show. I interviewed the creator or whatever, which is sure. a great show. I think it's wonderful. Oh, I watched the first episode and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I remember thinking to myself specifically, I will not tweet about this because I know if there's one thing I know, autistic people do not like to be talked about yeah. in any way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so uh, like their their criticisms criticisms were very thorough and I was interested to hear all of them. And uh-huh. I will say like, I, I may not have entirely anticipated like the amount of shit I was going to get for that. But at the same time, 
like both of my parents met because they were like rehab counselors and my mom like mm-hmm. ran disabled student services for for a college and my dad uh was a sign language teacher and worked with a lot of deaf people so like i basically grew right. up around these communities like uh, like i like right. i know i understand like the amount of like <clears throat> politics that goes into like every word choice uh sure and i kind of expected that and uh, like part of me chose to ignore it because i was like look i'm gonna I, like I tried to use the right words, but like in your review, you're trying to, you're trying to put your feelings into words. And I don't know, like yeah. there was a, like, there was a few criticisms that people brought up where I was like, that, that's valid. And I could totally, if that's the word you prefer, like that is totally cool by me. Like, but uh, like at a certain point, you also have to just kind of throw your hands up and be like, you know, everybody's got their own opinion on, how right how the word like the, on the specific words that should be used to describe them and they were also like i was talking about how watching the show uh was kind of for me like doing mushrooms like you're kind of you're in these familiar dating situations but yet it's right. all, all new in some way and right. i guess i like part of me maybe expected that but they kind of thought that i was like infantilizing them or like writing about like writing about autistic people as if they were like children or something. And I mean, like I get that that's like a bruise, but like, I also don't think that that is what I was doing. Like I think like I've been in a lot of writing workshops where all we do is critique each other. So, and I think, I think there's a right way to get criticism, which is that you try to find out what someone objected to and you hear, hear it out. And you know, if there's things that you feel okay about changing, then you change them. But like, right, it's still your piece at the end of the day. And if you feel right, right, okay right. about it, you feel okay about it. So that's kind of where I landed. Like there were certain things that I was like, all right, I'll change that. But I, I, I'll, yeah. I, I'll happily hear out your criticisms. But like at the end of the day, I'm still gonna be like, okay, well, I don't agree with all of them. I don't necessarily. Right. It, it's yeah. an- it's it's an interesting thing because it's like you know with the autistic community because it's like obviously no community is a monolith you know uh so like whenever you're writing about anyone um you know anytime you get into generalizations or whatnot you know you can get in trouble but the thing about uh with i feel like the autistic community is really not a monolith it's like more not a monolith than (laughs) any other quote-unquote community because of how wide the spectrum is because for some people it seems like a thing a way to describe people who are eccentric in some way like right right yeah like the spectrum has gotten so big so interesting but yeah yeah no i I agree with that uh it, it so what i enjoyed about the show was kind of like there was a range um i mean you know of of people on the spectrum and it was like representing an interesting part of the spectrum uh that is you know uh trying to date right but i do feel like online the problem and this is a problem with like a lot of kind of like people who are uh, you know self-appointed representatives of their community um is that you you kind of get into you get into it where you get you're being told um, by some people that like, uh, this is not what we prefer. And then by other people go, uh, you know, it's like, you're almost like heading into, uh, an already pre-established debate online that 
these communities are having within themselves yeah. about like what's the right term and whatnot. I remember like a few years ago when someone designed uh, the um, like something about being on the spectrum as like as represented by a puzzle piece. And everyone in the autistic community, well, not everyone, but a lot of people in the autistic community were like, were like we, we think the puzzle piece is offensive because the puzzle piece uh, kind of like is a stereotype about us that we're either missing a piece or that mm -hmm. we are, you know, we're all Rain Man where we're really good at puzzles, but not good at talking we're, to people. We're going to count the pieces in the yeah, box. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and I just remember going like, this seems like a, like a very insular convert like like debate and like i have no thoughts on this whatsoever as someone who's uh not uh on the spectrum but there is a thing and this is probably the most offensive thing i'm going to say whereas like <laughs> some some of it i'm like is this is part of being autistic being like medically pedantic where you're just like yeah, it's blunt <laughs> it, there's blunt it it's definitely involves bluntness that's what's uh, is like, it, uh, maybe that's what it is maybe it's just blunt I'm okay with when I'm having an argument with someone uh, online but I I don't uh, mind I don't mind like uh pedantic people in general but what I what I what I'm confused about is like is is this are you being are you being pedantic because this is just online and this is where you go to be pedantic like we're all pedantic online or is this part of the medical condition like uh, like because yeah. like i i found myself getting into conversations with people um on the spectrum online where i'm just like where my initial response is to uh um like like this will have nothing to do with them being autistic it'll be just us arguing about something else where I have to like, like I'll be one time I was explaining a joke and why the you know the joke worked or didn't work or whatever, and um, and I almost wrote angry, but I decided not to and just decided to explain, and then the person then said, oh okay, um, I'm you know on the spectrum and this and this and this, and I was like, oh man, I'm really glad I didn't snap at you on this tweet because the way you came at it was so hostile <laughs> that I, w I almost wanted, like my response was going to be like, fuck you. You know, like if you don't get a joke, eat my ass, you know? But instead I was just like, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to explain. And maybe the explanation will. And, yeah. and I find so it's a much better strategy to like, Oh, are you mad? Explain, explain it to me. And then, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is a much forces better them strategy. to do an amount of labor or they realize they aren't that mad, or you actually come uh -huh. to like some sort of mutual understanding. No, it, yeah. and it's a much it's a much more constructive and healthy way to engage with people online. But it, it was it did leave me wondering, like, is this like, is I guess it's the bluntness that you're talking about. It's yeah. like, is so, this level of pedanticness a medical condition? Uh, <laughs> and you know, in the case of jokes, yeah, it, it, I, I guess it can be. Um, but then there's also like in the case of like some of your word choices, like, so, you know, yeah, on the word choice thing. Like, I think this is a problem with all uh, like when whenever there's like a community that the rest of the world is struggling to write about, like in a non-offensive way, uh, we tend right. to we tend to pick whatever language has, that some social scientists has come up with. And the problem with that is that we we always choose the language that some person who is an academic and is used used to writing in like horribly arcane and yes. god awful uh, academic prose that yeah. 
immediately turns people off of like whatever like i think people generally like are trying to be nice with their word choices but like it seems like every word that we new word that we come up with it's like whatever it is it has to be way more a uh way more clumsy to say and type and uh include into normal english and it's like if we could just think a little more about like how and why we're using that term like why did we change from poc to bi poc like quit just right. randomly adding letters to shit and like ex- mm-hmm. like it makes it so much harder to say and it just it kind of makes people upset with a thing that they should be doing the opposite about like yeah no it's true i mean there's there's a, a level of kind of like um it, it it's something where it makes the normalization of terms harder to uh like it's harder to enact kind of a general normalization of the of a politically correct term like person of color uh when it then changes and you feel like i'm gonna wait until this settles and until this settles i'm just going to continue using what the majority of people use and, and like and, yeah and there's well there's also um something called a euphemism treadmill mm, where especially yes. when you're talking about like mental health yes, issues 100%. um so like essentially you can never have like the word moron i think did not used to be offensive right because it was like oh this is the medical classification sure. saying dumbass is very 1880. We're <laughs> yeah. progressive now. Right. But unfortunately, the word is describing something negative, right. which is the same way that like uh, the word retarded used to be right. the nice way to say it. Yeah. And, right. And so you end up with these words that end up being offensive because they have they're essentially describing, you know, a negative connotation. Right. Right. So. And it's inevitable that some of that is going to happen, basically. Yeah, especially like when, especially if you're being, if you're being overly, uh, or just in general being euphemistic, um, like the, the the euphemism eventually becomes the word for the negative connotation thing, no matter how many positive yeah, yeah. words you put together. Also, yeah, right, uh, right, right. there's just that, things that are yeah. just, they are, uh, they, they do not take into account phonetics or like the way people speak, like Latin X, like I understand. Right. I understand the goal of that, but I feel like there were, there had to be 10 other better ways to do that than putting like, <laughs> And like, it doesn't look, it looks like Latinx. People are going to say Latinx. It's not like you right. like in, in Latin, like in Italian, if like the plural of Latina or Latino would be Latini, like you couldn't have just made it like Latini, like yeah, or right. just Latin. Like those are things that are spelled correctly and like are easy to say, but we had to like make it even harder for people who are already like people that are already inclined to not be accepting. Like you had to like antagonize right. them again. I don't know. Well, and to it, me, it, I feel like yeah. that language is also very uh, internet based. Yeah, where it's like, oh, it's fine to type out right. Latinx, and then you have to say it out loud, and you're like, I'm not sure. And also, like uh, BIPOC, is that what you say, or is yeah. it supposed to be like bi? No one BIPOC. says BIPOC. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I to don't me, know. It, and yeah, you know, full recognition is just three white dudes talking about this, but right, right, it, exactly. is, it is, well, it is, I think definitely... it comes from a place, a good place. Like we're trying to use, oh, yeah, yeah. we're trying to call yeah, people yeah. what I... they want to be called. Like, or, you know, yeah, no, yeah. no, for sure. But it, it, it is funny that I have in general, uh, seen 
enough people kind of share the sentiment um you know and people not just white people but uh you know uh people of color as well um where we all have stopped short of saying latinx out loud Mm -hmm. because we (laughs) all get to that point and we go no, that can't be right. Like, I think no. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait a little bit longer on this one. If this gets <laughs> yeah. general acceptance, I will do it. But for now, I just uh, I was gonna say Latino. I think, and 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 I haven't gotten any pushback for Latino. I've I, I've I've never seen pushback for Latino. I've only uh-huh. seen Latinx as something like, as far as I know, NPR are the only people who do it, and uh and and then different like uh and people tweeting, you know. But like I haven't I I haven't seen that much. And there was a poll that came out that said like three percent of people had uh, uh, use it or something, and like five percent have heard of it. Or it was like it was an interesting thing where you were just like. Oh, okay. I'm going to wait till that number gets to like yeah. double digits. And it's also, it's like, I, I feel like I want to call people what they want to be called, but then, yeah, but then there's sure. also, yeah, yeah, yeah. but then I don't want to call them what yeah, some yeah. overpaid, like white cultural, like consultant, like social yeah. scientist, some person whose job is coming up with arcane acronyms. Like I'm not going to just use their language because like they, yeah, it, it, it does feel like there is part of me that's going like, it, it's, Especially, and this is like the main thing, especially I am not going to use Latinx um, in a room full of people that I am not sure know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> like, and, was... and I'm talking about a room full of people uh, who are Latinx. Like, like uh, if I were to say it and just go like, oh, if you guys don't know, uh, you are Latinx now. They would be <laughs> yeah. like, what? Well, I had, I had an, an older aunt get all the way to the queue with LGBTQ. And I was like, that is incredible. Yeah, that's incredible. She, but then she was kind of grasping at vowels. And I was like, you can that you, no one expects. Yeah, no one expects five years old. Nobody expects more than five letters. Yeah. Like, if you can get to Q, you, it's you like you got to Q. That's yeah, that's one huge. Of my, one of my favorite Honestly, it's like, when World War Two is still happening. It's like getting okay. to it's like getting to three point one four one five nine. You know, yeah. it's like you can get there. It's like, oh, you're good. You're golden. But what, like if you just what? said three point one four, we would be like, we, we get it. Yeah. One of my favorite examples of this is uh, like in Australia, which is a proudly unpolitically correct culture like you know i I heard like you know the super racist shit basically three seconds after i arrived when i lived there but so i went you know i went i went back around this time last year um and people still you know said racist shit and were proudly unpolitically correct however the entire country, even the old people, like they've all managed to stop saying like wife, husband, girlfriend, boyfriend. They all say partner, even like even yeah. like old people in rural Queensland who will uh-huh. like tell you a racist joke a second later have switched to partner. And it was like interesting to me that the somehow they they hate it but once they all make the decision it's like the collective action is like right it's like boom like we've all yep. yeah. we're all calling it partner now like we're cool with that we're doing it yeah yeah and i i think that 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 can 
happen. And I think I, I'm not waiting for a 75 year old person to say BIPOC for me to say that. <laughs> yeah. But I am. I waiting. want to know that someone actually wants to be called that. Yeah. And, and, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for like, I mean, I guess the problem with here, cause what BIPOC is, if you guys don't know, is that it's like, it's not, it's, uh, it's not, um, black indigenous, um, it's not a black indigenous person of color. Uh, it's, it's black indigenous and person of color. It's like LGBTQ. It's, it's like naming all of them, but it's starting Which with black like, and indigenous. Like POC because POC is already an incredibly like quasi-racist umbrella, vague umbrella term. Right. And it's trying to, uh, to me, I understand the idea around POC to be um, that when, it, because yeah, POC can be this kind of quasi-racist, uh, almost like, um, I don't know if the word is uh, like essentialist or utilitarian kind of like a uh, uh, way of grouping literally everyone who's not white and then mm -hmm. kind of like, and, and it's a way for like people who are like, you know, don't have the experience of being black or indigenous in America to equate their own struggle with the struggle of being black or indigenous in America. And I think it was like this idea of like, let's, let's at least in america i don't know if this is everywhere but let's remind people that you know uh there's a difference between being black uh and uh being you know asian or something like that it's kind of the idea that i got from it i don't know i am no expert um but to me it's like i don't know if you call someone a bipoc i think i still think you call someone if you know they're black you call them <laughs> yeah, black right yeah and if you if you if you know that they're i mean the question is if you know someone's asian do you call them asian i use poc i've noticed um when i'm talking about a multi-ethnic group of people who are not white um i've never individually the only time i individually call someone a person of color is if i do not know if they're ethnically ambiguous and I don't know mm -hmm. <laughs> right. what they are. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm never going to assume what someone is. Uh, and I mean, I guess it's like, I will, uh, I guess I will assume if someone is black, but I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing. It's just like, I, in general, I think there's a confusion around like whether or not you can call someone black and I'm like, I don't think anyone is offended by being called black if you are black. Like, I, don't is, think, I don't think that's the case th either. That's, that's not the case. So it's like uh, the idea of using it to, uh, to not say black is like this very kind of like you know middle-aged liberal thing to yeah, do. A lot where of you're just what like, these like weasel, the more weaselly the term, like the, like mostly what it communicates is I'm scared of offending you like or I'm scared yeah. of you. And there's I mean, like I understand yeah. the feeling of being of not wanting to offend. I, I and I and I can I can appreciate it, but it also but is also like, have you been around someone who's afraid of offending you? It's very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable, yeah. and it's also you know in general it's uh it is infantilizing. Uh, yeah, it's like yeah. it's it's so it, it to me it's like you don't it, it's almost like uh, because when you're afraid it's like you're saying I am afraid of you in a way which is like. I don't know. It's just like, I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think that's the I, message I, you want to send, but yeah. I get uh, yeah. It. Yeah. And, and it We're is people, it's, pe 
And it's people who think that cancel culture is going to get them a lot of the times, too. And I'm just like, guys, there's no, there's no consequences. There's-, there's yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, the, the cancel culture in general is not is not this all powerful being <laughs> that's like out to get you specifically. It's like literally just people on the Internet getting mad at stuff. And it's like, but people have been fired. It's like, yeah, because they're caught on camera screaming the N-word at people. Like, in what world would that not get you fired? Everyone's just got phones now. Like, like that's never that's never been the case where someone is like, if they taped you in the 90s, screaming the N-word at someone and sent it to your employer, you'd probably get in trouble for it. You like, would. It, it was, it's just like it, the idea that it's like, Oh no! It's it's uh, the culture in general is cancer. It's like yeah, there's a lot of assholes who are cloud sharks online, but but the there that doesn't mean that like this that this all powerful being is trying to. Do you guys see that video that I posted the, that someone made about the cancel god? No. Oh my god! It is. It's like this fucking. It looks like uh, it's like H.P. Lovecraft like and you know made an uh, eon flux cartoon uh, like it's uh, about like the cancel god is trying to uh to destroy you uh if you go on my twitter uh you, you'll find the video it's it's like i can't wait it's just so it's so dramatic <laughs> and you're just like guys this is this is your fear like literally i mean i'm not trying to compare but like fucking like what is his name jacob blake just got shot seven times in the back and and people are like yeah but you might get canceled and he's just like guys there are real things out there there are real real bad things oh man that was a very irish ending to this podcast was it all right well i had a i had a i had a great time um i did too Fantastic. Hey, Sean. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on this. Where, Thanks where for people... having me. I love this. I love this podcast. I love Sorry, having you on. I love your podcast, dude. Uh, what? Thanks. What? What can? Uh, where can people find you? Uh, we just as you can you can listen to me on Round Ball Rock, the NBA podcast at Round Rock Pod on Twitter. This is fun for me because Joy Divine normally does the plugs. Also, he was once uh, online harassed by the. Um, what is it called? What's the the recumbent bicycle community? <laughs> the greatest, the greatest near cancellation ever. Oh, Joey getting canceled by recumbent bike uh, America. Um, we also have a a new blog though. We have a new NBA blog. It's oh, cool. Rock net and a uh, bunch of people that are, uh, you know, everybody's. The the collapse of the online ad economy, specifically in sports, is our benefit because yeah. we have a lot of great writers from who used to write for like Deadspin and Vice Sports. Oh, very like cool. That. Editor-in-Chief Corbin A. Smith. Uh, I wrote a thing about um, LeBron's terrible beer on a Taylor hat. That's the one I would endorse the most. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I'm going to figure out what we could write as mostly white people about the NBA's current uh, boycott. Yeah. Yeah. Check it yeah, out. Yeah. Rumblerock.net. Yeah. Check it out. Check it out. Oh, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, you know, uh, patreon.com slash broadcast for all your extra bonus episodes. They're so great. You love them. We love them too. Uh, broadcast at gmail.com. 
uh, I already said patreon.com slash broadcast. I'm tired. Vince, what's the Google <laughs> voice number? Uh, 415-275-0030. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, good night and good chins.